Greetings fellow captains and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Today on Rank Amateur we have the long-awaited USS Des Moines review. And for those of you who may, may not know, which I don't think is many of you, the USS Des Moines is the American Tier 10 Heavy Cruiser. And that will be coming up later in today's episode. But before we get to the USS Des Moines review, let's go over the World of Warships news. And uh, first up is the update 10.6 bulletin, which is going to be the introduction of Dutch cruisers, which is the first time in a very long time uh, that we have seen a completely new nation appear. Uh, the Dutch Navy, or the Royal Dutch Navy, um, or Royal Netherlands Navy, technically, will be separating from the European Navy to form a new nation, which is, well, the Netherlands. And um, so in update 10.6, you're going to be able to have early access to the Dutch um, Tier 4 to 9 cruisers, which are going to be the main feature of the event. And um, uh, you'll have to wait before, or wait till the update is released to actually take them into battle, but you can still... Uh, or up until recently, you could participate in the um, public test server. Uh, this new branch is uh, fairly interesting. Um, seems to be a bit of a mix of the German and British uh, principles. So they have good concealment and maneuverability, but a for uh, short excuse me, firing range, similar to the British warships or British cruisers. Uh, they also have hydroacoustic search, fighter, and spotting aircraft available from Tier 4. The fighter and spotting aircraft, however, are not available for the Tier 8 and the Tier 10. They also have an enhanced version of the Repair Party consumable and defensive AA fire available from Tier 8 and up, and at higher tiers, the cruisers actually have allegedly really good armor uh, that's resisted against at least HE shells. Uh, and the Tier 8 to 10 cruisers are heavy cruisers, and they carry, uh, well, the Tier 8 has 203mm guns, the Tier 9 has 240mm guns, and the Tier 10 has 283mm guns. And there is a new airstrike consumable that's available from Tiers 4 and up. And so essentially what the airstrike is, is it calls in land-based aircraft from um, out to a range of about 10 to 13 kilometers. And they drop HE bombs that have drogue parachutes, and they fall very slowly and for an extended period of time, and they bombard the target with HE bombs. Now, this was a highly controversial consumable, because in the public test server, it was not difficult for a Tier 10 uh, cruiser, the Gordon Liu, uh, to simply just nuke a Montana. Full health to no health, just nuke it. Um, so, I believe it has been nerfed at least a little bit. Um, I guess we'll see. I, I don't have details on the specific, or uh, yeah, there's not details available on the specifics of um, what, what they're doing right now, or at least not where, where I'm looking. And uh, let's hope that they've, they've balanced it a little bit. And uh, Wargame has been known to change things right before they release, so hopefully that does not happen. Um, the aircraft cannot spot enemies, and they cannot be directly controlled by the player. So you, once you pick a target, that's what it's going to. You can't change it if all of a sudden a destroyer pops up or something like that. Um, uh, early access is going to have... Um, you're going to use earn Dutch tokens by completing missions, or completing missions, and then you can... Um, 
obtain the first one's a commemorative flag and then a patch and then um, then you can get the tier five then you can get the last one which is a tier seven and then uh, you can get uh, permanent camouflages for the tier seven and up and um, you can earn enough tokens to obtain the Dutch also obtain the Dutch tier four and tier six cruisers and then the a Royal Netherlands Navy camouflage for the tier seven and Karat. I I don't know how to pronounce Dutch things. And then um the tier nine uh Johan de Witt will be available in random bundle bundles available for doubloons. And they also added a new port, as they do with every new nation, because every nation has its own port um in the game. Uh some nations have several ports, but um the new port is Rotterdam which looks fairly neat, and I bet it's going to be a lot like the Fjords, where the, it's just um, exquisitely detailed. In fact, it looks pretty nice. There's like an ocean liner, and then like canals and things like that, and I imagine there's going to be tons of little boats that are moving, and people and stuff, so I imagine that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, like the, the, I hope it's going to be like the Fjords, because the Fjords was just simply an amazing port, and I still use it. Um, I think it's the best one when the Pan-Asian port is not in like the full... like. Um, was it Lunar New Year sort of thing, which that's the best part. Anyways, uh, new type of combat mission. So it's going to be introduced in update 10.6. Um, by receiving this, you can uh, choose one of two rewards. And if you don't uh, choose a reward and the mission expires, you'll automatically receive the first reward. So that's kind of interesting. It gives you a choice of uh, what you need most. If you need Commander XP, you can grab that. If you need Free XP, you can grab that. Or, um, uh, so we'll see how that turns out. And then they also updated uh, bots so they can now adjust their speed to avoid torpedoes, uh, which is going to make them a bit harder to kill and reduces the chances of bots colliding in islands in training co-op and, well, in operation battles. Um, and they also updated the St. Petersburg port with fireworks and lights and things like that to celebrate Navy Day. So that is it for update 10.6. Let's see what other news there is. Uh, there is one other major piece of news, and that is the introduction of the Commonwealth battleship, the first of its kind, um, the Yukon. It's a Canadian battleship project that was basically King George V with 15-inch guns instead of 14-inch guns. It has nine 15-inch guns at Tier 7, um, and essentially what it has is um, like enhanced British HE shells, uh, but it's fairly slow. It doesn't have a long firing range. Um, but has very good concealment and uh, a super heal, it looks like. Some some variety of super heal you get to see in action. Um, but these bundle, and it's available in bundles as well as you can just get it with the ship. It's available until July 6th, or July 9th, rather, at 3 a.m. Pacific time. So that is 5 a.m. Central time. Uh, that is U.S. Central time, not European, by the way. Um, that is pretty much it for World of Warships news right now. Uh, it's going pretty quiet. Uh, I'd imagine there's going to be tons of new news when they have the, the, the Dutch cruisers updates and things like that and different issues people are running into with that. Um, but that is it for now, and we will see you in the next part of this episode for the U history and design of USS Des Moines. Alright, welcome back to Rank Amateur. So glad that you're here for the history and the design of USS Des Moines, which was the lead ship of the last class of United States Navy heavy cruisers. So without further ado, let's get into the specifications of the ship. So she was named for the capital of the U.S. state of Iowa, Des Moines. 
Um, very boring state, by the way. Sorry for those of you who live there. It's just literally corn. Anyways, uh, she, she was ordered on the 25th of September, 1943, laid down on May 28th, 1945, launched on September 27th, 1946, and she was commissioned on November 16th, 1948, and um, she really didn't do anything that was too interesting, um, as she was not involved in any of the conflicts that were going around the world at the time, so we're going to spend most of our time uh, going... Uh, just over the design of USS Des Moines, which was quite interesting, notably because she featured the first, um, uh, or the only of its kind, auto-loading 8-inch guns. And it took the reload of 8-inch guns from, like, 15, anywhere from 10 to 15 seconds, depending on the crew, down to around 5 or 6 seconds, which is crazy. Um, many of you know how scary it is uh, to be shot at by Des Moines, and the Des Moines was like that in real life. Had it been involved in any surface action in World War II, it most definitely would have come out on top, because it was essentially just a large Baltimore class with a um, auto-loading gun. But we'll get that into that in a second. She displaced around 17,000 tons, 17,171 to be exact, um, and that was when she was empty. Uh, she displaced 20,950 20, tons, um, fully loaded. And actually, rather, that was 16,900, depending on the configuration of the ship. Um, which she had several different configurations because she was, uh, modernized several times. So she was 700 feet long at the waterline, and 716 feet, uh, 6 inches long overall. Uh, that's 213.3 and 218.3 meters, respectively. She had a beam of 76 feet 4 inches, or 23.3 meters. She had a, a draft of 22 feet, um, which was in standard displacement, or 6.7 meters. She was armed with 9 millimeter, um, what mark are those? 9 millimeter, uh, 55 caliber guns, and she, she had 12 uh, 127 millimeter, 5 inch guns, and... Uh, 24 76 millimeter or 3-inch guns for anti-aircraft and uh, purposes. Uh, she had geared steam turbines for her propulsion. They were General Electric turbines, and she had 120,000 shaft horsepower. She could reach a speed of 33 knots, and she had a range of 10,500 nautical miles at around 15 knots. And um, she was protected with 102 255 millimeters on the belt. She had 25 millimeter and 88 millimeter decks. Wow, so should be fairly resistant HE shells. However, that's not. I don't think that's really modeled in World of Warships. Uh, and a 95 millimeter, 203 millimeter turrets. And she carried a complement of 1,800 crew members, which is a lot for a ship that doesn't even have any people loading the guns. And uh, by the way, these were the Mark 16 guns. And what was interesting is it was actually planned to equip these guns on the Oregon City class, which was a subclass of the USS Baltimore. And you'll notice that the um, Oregon City class is very similar to the Des Moines because it does only have one photo versus the two that were put on the Baltimore class, or the earlier Baltimore class. Uh, much like the Des Moines, but it was found out that if you look at these turrets, they are much, much bigger than um, the turrets that were put on the Baltimore, and that's because they have the auto-loading mechanisms inside them, which take up a lot of space and are very heavy. So it was determined that in one of the old turrets, they could only fit two guns, 
And while the six guns of the Oregon City class with these uh, Mark, Mark 16 guns could spit out a lot of fire, it was determined that it was not adequate enough to justify uh, taking out three guns of the original design. So they were equipped with the same guns that the Baltimore class had. But the Des Moines was different because the Des Moines was huge. It is the largest cruiser or the largest 8-inch gun cruiser commissioned in the world. And, or not design commission, don't don't say that it was the largest cruiser design, because there were larger cruisers that were designed by places like Germany and Japan and things like that, just massive things. But the mine was the largest one commissioned, and she was um, built to be more resistant to bombs and torpedoes with enhanced armor protection because she was not limited by any treaties, and she had enhanced armor protection on the belt because the magazines for these guns were larger because they could uh, spit out more, or they needed to be fueled with more ammunition because they could spit out more rounds per minute. And even though there was uh, more torpedo protection and an enhanced anti- uh, or enhanced deck to prevent against bombs from penetrating uh, through the ship, the ship was longer, so it permitted the um, it permitted smoother lines, so that it could uh, have less resistance when going through the water. So it actually permitted a similar speed to that of the Oregon City class. And uh, remember how I said the Oregon City class was very similar to the Moine? Yes, it was, but you could distinguish it because the uh, directors were much much taller on the Des Moines than they were in the Oregon City class. So, what about these 8-inch guns? It's kind of the, the Des Moines, like, main main deal. Oh, yeah, they're actually very interesting. There is a U.S. Navy um, training video that shows exactly how these guns work, and I'll link it in the description and uh, so you can go watch it yourself, but I'll kind of just summarize it. So, what happens is there's actually people who uh, put the ammunition into the ammunition hoists, but there's no one else that actually loads the ammunition to the gun. That's the end of the human process of loading these guns. So, uh, three operators, they load the shells, and then another, like, two operators, they load the um, propellant charges back into the um, ammunition hoist, and they get hoisted up, uh, obviously, into those uh, ammunition hoists. And what happens is, is there's, like, a cradle that comes down at the top of the hoist, picks it off the hoist, and then uh, swings upward and puts it into a tray. And then this tray flips over and then dumps the, um, or there, there's two of these uh, for each. So there's one tray for the ammunition, or for the shell, and then one tray for the propellant, and one um, like swinging arm for the uh, shell, and then one swinging arm for the propellant. And the arm, both arms swing up, put them into the respective trays. The trays dump, uh, flip over, put the shells on to the um, or onto the ramming tray. And there's a rammer that comes up and pushes both of them into the breech. The breech door closes. The gun fires, and then the shell falls or comes back or the the uh, shell from the propellant charge comes back uh, and then is lifted, sits in one of the trays. And then the tray flips over, flips back over, dumps the empty shell onto a sort of a chain that dumps the shell out on a deck through a tube. So when these guns fire, you would see the obviously the gun firing, and then a few seconds later, the shell would spit back out onto the deck. So after a long day of uh, practicing at the range, the deck would be covered in 8-inch and 5-inch shells. So again, the ammunition comes up the ammunition hoist, gets hoisted up out of the ammunition hoist by arm, put into the uh, tray, the tray flips over onto the uh, breech loading kind of rack, and then the rammer pushes both the shell and the uh, propellant charge into the breach, breach closes, gun fires, um, the sh empty shell comes back out, 
it gets loaded into, or one of the trays picks it up, loads it into an ejection chute. There's a chain in there that ejects the shell out back onto the deck, and then the process repeats, and that happens very, very quickly. Um, so you can get those shells out every five seconds or so. And these guns were very, or pretty long ranged, and they were pretty accurate. And they didn't really need to be accurate, even though they were, because you could spit out so many shells so quickly. And contrary to what they are in World of Warships, they could actually shoot at aircraft. They were used in training more than once to shoot down drones at long ranges because the guns could be elevated so high because of the low velocity of the shells. Um, and these were obviously only effective at long range when the guns actually had enough elevation to take out such an aircraft, but it was done with the automated fire control directors. Now, there was actually a decent amount of uh, crew in the turrets of the of the um, Des Moines, but they were not actually involved in loading the gun. They were all with directing the gun and arranging the computers and things like that and repairing the computers and spotting where the shells landed. So it's basically where they, they were aiming the gun more or less. Um, and you'll notice that these turrets are actually a lot bigger, even though there's not many people in there. These turrets are a lot bigger than the other ones. I think I said that before, though. But um, it's just kind of funny to put a Baltimore right beside a Des Moines and realize just how much bigger a Des Moines is than the Baltimore, even though it's basically just a Baltimore that um, was just modified even just a little bit. It's amazing how different um, engineering w became uh, in just a few short years because the Baltimore was commissioned in like the 19 early 1940s and the uh, Des Moines was commissioned in the late 1940s and they went from loading uh, guns into or loading shells into the guns with uh, by hand and then using machines to do it and they cut down on the crew of the guns but the ship was just so huge it needed more crew members and then they also had new fire control directors that were similar to the ones that were placed on the Iowa um, so the advances in naval technology from even just 1939 to 1946 when this was, or 1948 when this was commissioned, was just staggering. But, um, the USS Des Moines, uh, unfortunately did not really have that much of a history. Uh, she basically just participated in training, spent her, most of her life actually in the Mediterranean. I believe she was based out of Spain and then based out of, uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Um, for a little bit, and then also based out of Newport, Rhode Island. Um, yeah, so she just spent, uh, yeah, she spent her entire life in the Atlantic, mostly in the Mediterranean. She participated in uh, patrols in the Lebanon Crisis of 1958, and she just kind of visited ports around Europe to show American interest and firepower. Um, and then she was also featured in the movie John Paul Jones, uh, and this was the footage of her cruising, her and the U.S. Sixth Fleet uh, cruising around was used in the introduction and the conclusion of the movie. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it for the Des Moines. She was decommissioned in 1961, and was there was talk of recommissioning her instead of uh, instead of two of the Iowa class of battleships, but uh, a survey determined that it was not really economical to do so because while there would kind of be enough deck space for uh, new modernizations, it would be very very tight. And it was determined that such a uh, project would cost basically as much as just uh, commissioning or recommissioning an Iowa-class battleship anyways. So both her and her sister Salem remained in reserve 
until uh, the 9th of July, 1991, when she was stricken from the Naval Register, uh, was put up for sale for a while. No one really wanted to buy her, because she was, uh, I think it was because she was fairly complex and hard to disassemble. Um, but she was eventually bought by Asco Marine Incorporated of Brownsville, Texas, and scrapping was completed on August 16, 2007. Yes, she did exist that long. In fact, she was towed to the scrapyard in October 2006, so it was possible to see her uh, before then. Uh, unfortunately, uh, none of, or only one of the Des Moines class exists, and none of the Baltimore class exists anymore. Uh, USS Salem is a um, museum ship in Quincy, Massachusetts, I think, is what it is. So definitely want to get out there sometime. I uh, recommend you do it too. It is the last, I believe it is the last heavy cruiser specimen of any kind in the world right now. So that is it for the history of USS Des Moines. Unfortunately, it's not much history, but very interesting um design principles used in the construction and development of the Mark 16 8-inch gun. Um, I will attach that training video to the um, description of this video, or this podcast rather, so you can see the actual gun in action. Uh, it's really kind of hard to explain because it is a pretty complex system, and even in that video it's pretty, pretty simplified. Anyways, stick around for the third uh, part of this podcast, and we will go over the use of USS Des Moines in World of Warships. Welcome back to Rank Amateur, and right now we are just about to go over the World of Warships section of this episode on USS Des Moines, so without further ado, let's get right into it. So we'll start out with our armor layout, which is basically identical to that of the Baltimore class, um, which is kind of funny because that's a tier 8. The tier 9, the Buffalo, as you know, um, as, or as you all know, I hate it, it sucks, I don't like it, but the Des Moines, oh yes, it is very good. So it has a 27mm bow, um, no icebreaker or anything like that. Uh, the, the Citadel armor belt, which yes, the Citadel does extend all the way to the wall of the ship, is 152mm thick. Um, the armor belt at the center of the ship is 30mm th thick, and she does have a 30mm deck. Uh, turrets have 203mm armor on the front, and around uh, 95 all the way around, except for the back which does have only 51 millimeters armor. The superstructure has 16 millimeters of armor. Uh, the barbettes have, the, or the turret barbettes have 160 millimeters of armor, and the citadel is far above the waterline, and maybe about four feet above the waterline or so. The citadel athwart ship forward has 127 millimeters of armor, so, so or the ath citadel athwart ship has 127 millimeters of armor as well. The Citadel deck has 90 millimeters of armor, and just below the waterline, there's Citadel, or the Citadel armor belt, the main armor belt, extends just below the waterline, maybe about four feet, and that's 152 millimeters thick, as I said before. And the Citadel plating far below the waterline is only 30 millimeters thick. Um, yeah, so it's pretty well armored. It nothing like a Petropavlovsk or a Moskva. Like if you get in a bad situation, you you show you show broadside. It's gonna hurt. I'm not gonna lie. This is not a super tanky ship. Against other cruisers, it's good because it has the 27 millimeter bow and anything armed with 15 inch guns and lower uh, will straight up ricochet off the side. So you're talking about John Bart's and Pomeranz and things like that. Bismarck's, Tirpitz, uh, all those ships. Uh, Cristofal Colombo, Lepanto, not Marco Polo that has 16 inch guns. Uh, the conning tower is 160 millimeters thick as well. So uh, that is pretty interesting. And then uh, she does have 50,600 hit points. That is, uh, I do have my commander applied. However, it does not have survivability expert. To be the damage reduction of around 7%. 
artillery consisted of the, the three um, three gun turrets, the Marcus's King turrets, uh, with a 5.5 second reload, so nine total uh, guns. 5.5 second reload, 180 degree turn time of 26.1 seconds, maximum dispersion 132 meters. I believe I have uh, greasy gears on, so it's it's more than that. It's like I think it's 30 seconds. Maximum dispersion 132 meters. Fires a 203 millimeter HEHC uh, Mark 25 shell. Uh, 2,800 maximum damage. 14% uh, chance of causing a fire. Yes, you heard that right. That is a 14% chance of causing a fire on a 5.5 second reload. Yeah, this thing this thing tends to burn the world a lot. And I'm sorry if you can hear my computer fan. Lately, my computer fan's just been going crazy when I load World of Warships and sit in the port. It doesn't go crazy in the battle, just in port. But uh, I do apologize if you can hear that. Um, anyways, where were... Oh, yes. The HE shell armor penetration capacity is 34 millimeters, so no need to take IFHE. Um, the AP shell has 203 millimeters, or is 203 millimeter AP Mark 21 shell, has maximum AP shell damage of 5,250, although the penetration isn't that great on the 203 millimeter shell, I think it's more than like the Zal, but it, it's nothing like a Petropathalosk, um, the, or even a, a Alexander Nevsky. The maximum range is a pretty disappointing 15.8 kilometers and the AP shell velocity is 762 meters a second and the initial HE shell velocity is 823 meters a second. So if you can't fire an over an island with HE, try switching to AP. Sometimes even with uh, out moving you can uh, get over the island. Secondary battery is a 127 millimeters, has a reload time of 6 seconds which is I think is hilarious because the main battery has a shorter reload time than the freaking secondary battery. And the main battery is bigger than the secondary battery. Anyways, um, it has it fires a 127 millimeter HE Mark 32 shell. Has maximum HE shell damage of 1800. 5% fire chance, 21 millimeters of penetration. Range of 7.7 kilometers and initial velocity of 792 meters a second. So definitely not worth building into. Uh, the AA on the Des Moines is pretty much renowned for being pretty good. It's uh, got a base AA rating of 83. You can build into it and get it to almost a no-fly zone, but even the Des Moines can't really stop a strike, uh, especially without a defensive AA fire equipped. She has a maximum speed of 33 knots without a speed flag applied, a turning circle radius of 770 meters, and a rudder shift time of uh, not too bad, 8.6 seconds. Uh, she has... Very good concealment of 11.2 kilometers. That is without a camouflage applied, but that is with concealment expert and um, the. I believe I do have the concealment module equipped. Yes, I do. So you can get it down to I think 10.9 kilometers with a camouflage applied. A det detectability range by air is 6.4 kilometers, and then uh, smoke firing penalty is 8.2 kilometers. So yes, this is a very stealthy heavy cruiser. I don't think it's quite to the level of the Zhao, but um, the Zhao can't fire its guns every 5.5 seconds. So, what build do you put on this thing? Well, good question. So glad you asked. So there's there's several different builds that work on this ship. Actually, there's many different builds that work on this ship. More than just several. So you can you can uh, build into sort of a kiting cruiser by taking the range mod and then taking um, instead of surveillance radar which if you're building for a kiting cruiser is not going to be used very much you could take a spotting aircraft or you can take range mod or you can take both um, and then I always recommend hydro I do not recommend defensive AA fire I don't recommend an AA build on this ship because you're just wasting 
a, such a good ship on a purpose that's not really useful to the team anymore. Um, so definitely first slot, you're always going to take main arm and spawn one. Second slot, I do recommend taking engine room protection. You can go with damage control mod uh, one, but I don't even take damage con one in my battleships anymore because it's just, it's, you can't, or, well, I do take it in my battleships, um, but if I have a special mod like hydroacoustic search on my Pomern, I'll, I will take that instead. You want aiming systems mod one because the accuracy without it is uh, leaves a little bit to be desired. However, you could take main battery mod two to reduce the turret traverse uh, time, but I just take grease the gears instead because that is just a one point skill on your commander. Then I would take consumer system uh, modification one, although you could take steering gears modification two if you're not going for such a stealthy cruiser. Maybe you're, especially if you're going for a kiting build, you're going to want a steering gears mod two. Um, you could take ship consumables mod one if you're going for a radar DD hunting build, but I don't really recommend that. And then for your third slot, um, really either gunfire control system mod two or main battery mod three, uh, either one, whatever floats your boat. I probably would recommend main uh, gunfire control system mod two, just because the Des, Mo uh, Des Moines reload is already so fast. An extra 12% on that is not really going to make that much of a difference, but the main battery firing range will certainly make a difference in your effectiveness. Uh, for commander skills, um, like I said, there is a lot of different ways to do this. Um, I took gun feeder for my other cruisers so I could switch, because uh, Des Moines does switch ammunitions a lot. Um, you don't necessarily need to do that in the Des Moines because then it's a five second reload base it's not going to take that long but if you do take it, it is a two second reload between um switching ammunition types it's like a 2.7 second reload or something like that i do recommend taking greasy gears though because the 30 second uh traverse time on a cruiser it just it feels a bit long uh for the second point always take priority target take that and then you can go back and take consumable enhancements uh if you have the points or pyrotechnician if you just really really want to burn the world don't recommend any of the aa skills i took uh for my three point skills i current i currently have a 15 point captain on here with uh one undistributed sk skill point so i recommend heavy ap shells and adrenaline rush you could take heavy he shells i don't recommend that because Simply or simply because it ruins your concealment and the Des Moines relies on its concealment a lot. Obviously, don't take survivability expert because it already has 50,000 hit points. Um, you could take superintendent, certainly a good choice there. I would take concealment expert in my, uh, the fourth slot for commander. Um, and then I would come back, maybe take top grade gunner. I don't think it's that important, though. Uh, RPF might be useful for uh, knowing when to use a radar or not, but I think the only real four-point skill that you need is Concealment Expert. Then you can go back and get, like, Adrenaline Rush, uh, pick up Superintendent, and then probably pick up Consumable Enhancements, but that's that's your last one. I would... I mean, you could, could pick up Pyrotechnician if you really want to, but uh, there's... Like I said, there's a lot of different ways to play this ship, and this is a ship you really want to experiment with to find out what works for you. Or if it works for your playstyle. So, the the skills that I would really recommend for any build, grease the gears, uh, priority target, adrenaline rush, and then concealment expert, I guess. You don't necessarily need that. Um, yeah, those are the ones you're going to want to take. For sure. Any build. Alright, so, uh, how do you play this ship? I've already alluded to the fact that there's 
many different ways to play a ship. This is kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none heavy cruiser. Um, she doesn't really have a specific way you're supposed to play her. Um, you can just sit behind islands and fire over them with impunity. That works very, very well. I will tell you, if you're allowed to um, start DPMing a battleship down and just kind of daka 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 daka, you can get around 40,000 damage a minute off of him. So when... When you start to shoot at battleships, they tend to notice and start frantically trying to either avoid your shells or look for you to citadel you. Um, by the way, that is that happens a lot if you give your broadside, but if you don't give your broadside, chances are it'll just ricochet off your belt, which is better than the belt on the friggin' uh, buffalo, which doesn't protect part of the citadel, which is kind of funny. But, um... The, the way I play the Des Moines is I sort of do a mix. I don't have the range mod on yet. I just got the 3 million credits for um, buying this ship, and I'm trying to decide if I want to go reg uh, range mod or reload mod. But I kind of... I have my friend in a Petropavlovsk, or at least he used to have a Petropavlovsk before he sold it. Um, but uh, he would go into a cap, and he would sit there and tank. He would just sit in front of the cap and tank damage. And I would just kind of go behind there, behind it, maybe behind an island or just a few kilometers behind him, and just start taking out targets left and right with my AP and HE shells because of the DPM was so good. So he didn't have to take much damage because the targets he was spotting generally didn't last that long. Uh, this ship, I think my damage record's like close to 150k, and that's not even with a good player. I've only put, played like eight battles in this thing, or no. How many battles I play? I think I've played around ten battles, maybe. I just got it. Let me see. Oh, yes. Alright. Ah, seven battles played, yes. And my maximum damage is 140k. Or 144k. So if that just goes to show how good the ship is and why it's so popular. Um but anyways. So go to a cap until your detection range is like maybe halfway into the cap. Then you start to turn around, preferably using an island in front of you in case you need to quick duck into Katsuma because you get spotted by an aircraft or something like that. And then start kiting. Just very slowly, start dodging shells, then find an island, turn around behind it, and start pushing again. And then um, uh, if there's maybe like one or two enemy ships or something like that, you could certainly push them and just uh, take them into a DPM uh, trading match. Because uh, Des Moines wins against everything literally everything even even a austin with reload booster active struggles to out dpm this thing especially since that um it's got uh plating that can ricochet sap and the austin does not have or yeah um and the austin only has a reload booster and then an eight second reload and the des moines has a five second reload so Especially with um, its improved uh, ricochet angles on its armor piercing, the Moin can wreck light cruisers. In fact, I was um, playing in a match with a cyclone, and I popped my radar to uh, show my uh, battleships where a uh, Mogador was, and we gun we collectively gunned down the Mogador within about five seconds of my radar going off. Uh, then that uh, showed us that there was a Minotaur nearby. He was safely behind an island, however. So rather than turning around and heading the other way and trying to figure out another way to get at our team, he simply came around the island after the radar had expired and I was pushing him because I knew I can take a Minotaur in a fight. And he spotted me at a range of around of 8 kilometers. And I can tell you that did not end well because I managed to 3-salvo him to death. Uh, and it was crazy because um, I 
took, uh, I think, like, almost 40k off him. He had, like, 1,000 health left in the first salvo. Then, by the time my guns reloaded, he had 10k left. And then I didn't get a very good salvo, and the next salvo finished him off. Uh, anyways, but you turn around, and you kind of just... You stay within probably about 10 kilometers of the cap, or less. Maybe 5 kilometers, depending on how hard the enemy team is pushing. Um... First, go for all the destroyers with your radar. Radar cruiser destroyer, yeah, you know. That's the general rule of thumb with the radar cruiser. Then you'll go for their cruisers, and then you'll start DPMing their battleships down. Um, now, if you're playing the long-range kiting build, you're going to want to uh, sort of go until your um, uh, detection range, or push until your detection range is about halfway through the cap, or when you get detected, find an island, turn around, and just go at an even longer range, more or less uh, keeping that sort of playstyle. Uh, maybe using your spotter plane or your range mod um, to ensure that you're a very hard target to hit at range. Now, you can play the sort of kind of uh, middle sort of, uh, working the middle sort of as a, like a light cruiser. However, I don't really recommend that. I really recommend... Um, oh, actually, I forgot to go over the fourth slot. I have Propulsion Modification 1 installed, uh, not Damage Con or Steering Gears Modification 1, because I tend to sit behind islands a lot. I, I kite, I sit behind islands. It's just, I vary the play style off the situation I'm in. It's There's really no good, like, like way to say, this is how you play the Des Moines, and this is how it works in every situation. No, there's not anything for any one situation. You'll get killed sitting behind an island sometimes. If you you sit there while your team, uh, the enemy team's pushing and your team's retreating, you'll get killed the same. Now, if your team's pushing, you might not get any damage. But if your team's just holding, then you'll probably get tons and tons of damage. So you do have to recognize the situation a bit. Anyways, um, if you're sitting behind islands, you definitely are a lot, and you want to work the middle more, definitely have the propulsion mod installed. I would have it installed anyways, unless you're doing a, like a long-range kiting build, because uh, the acceleration is fairly slow, and if you ever plan on moving behind an island, uh, you're going to need to like kind of back up and move forward and things depending on where the enemy ships are to remain undetected. I don't really recommend working the middle all too much, unless there's like some very solid island cover in the middle, because doing that kind of seesawing thing between like an edge of a narrow, the edge of a narrow island, and like getting detected on one side and moving to the other side until the other ship comes around the other side and then backing up, that's a very very risky game to play. And I've seen more than one Des Moines uh, lose that game of uh, cat and mouse and get deleted, and that's a very large blow to the team because the Des Moines is such a good ship. Um. So yeah, I think that's about it for. Uh, well, the warship section here, I think I've gone over just about everything for the Des Moines. Like I said, Jack of all trades, master of none. It can brawl a bit. I would not recommend brawling battleships, but brawling other cruisers isn't actually that bad, as long as it's not a Petropavlovsk. And even if it's a Petropavlovsk, um, if they, if you can bait them to fire at the belt and ricochet off that, then you can, um, uh, then you can start DPMing them down, because it has, like, a 10 second reload base and you have a 5 second reload base so um yeah it, it can brawl wouldn't recommend it um too much but it, in a pinch it can get it done uh, J uh, jack of all trades master of none us system went overall very good cruiser i like it a lot definitely will stay in my port uh unlike the uh buffalo that was just a nightmare of a ship so, those of you who are grinding the Buffalo, the New Orleans, the Omaha, the Pensacola, yes, it is worth it. Get up to the Des Moines. I do love it, and I would recommend it. 
uh, to people who are looking to grind up a heavy cruiser line. But that is it for today's episode of Rank Amateur. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, don't forget to email me with any suggestions you have for a ship. I, I unfortunately don't have every ship in the World of Warships, actually far from it. So can't guarantee that I'm going to be able to give you kind of a review of the ship. I might give you a sort of how to play. And I can't guarantee that I will actually do the ship that you have because... Um, if you're going to recommend a carrier or something like that, I'm probably not going to do a review on that. I know I did a Langley review, but I just really don't like playing carriers. So, um, Also, there is a new USS Des Moines t-shirt I designed myself. Uh, that is my Des Moines, and that t-shirt is completely made by me. Uh, so feel free to go up there and uh, check it out, maybe buy one or two. Um, and that would be uh, very, very cool because all that... Uh, Money goes to support the podcast, and I, uh, so my Jinkles episode was my most played podcast. It has, like, 1,500 plays or something, which is absolutely amazing. Can't thank you guys enough for that. But, um, my podcasting host, Anchor, is just like, yeah, we're gonna pull your sponsorship right now, and then not give you any money for it. So, uh, did not earn a dime on that episode. Uh, so, and I'm still not earning anything, because anchor pulled my ads so i'm gonna have to figure that out but in the meantime if you do go buy t-shirts that will make me very happy indeed and until next time captains